2: Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Throwback Thursday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tiribasi. Good afternoon, fellas. Good morning. Whatever the hell it is these days.
0: It's still morning, technically.
2: All right. Technically still morning. (laughs) It is Throwback Thursday. We've got a lot to get to, though, today. Uh, Throwback Thursday topics. They're going to be happy and sad. We're going to remember 17 <laughs> seconds, which happened nine years ago on Friday. So we're Tomorrow. eight years and 363 days uh, <laughs> removed from from that uh, magical moment. And then a not so magical moment that happened in 2017 in the same day in a pair of trades. The Blackhawks trade our Timmy Panarin and Nicholas Jalmerson. So that will be the throwback section. We also have a potential new coaching candidate. We've got the Wolves playing yet another Calder Cup game. Uh, we've got a Stanley Cup final game to talk about. There is a ton to get to. So why don't we start with um, kind of an interesting development yesterday. We saw the Florida Panthers have moved on from Andrew Burnett, who stepped in and did a very good job uh, when Joel Quenville uh, walked away or was fired. Was he fired or did he resign?
1: Uh, I think I he think... was told to get out.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was I think one they... of those stand. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I owe fifty, 50 cents. cents. I always said the cents, first yeah. name. Uh, it was one of those "he who shall not be named" resignations. Like, why don't you just
1: resign? Yeah. Yeah. Sort of a thing. We'll let, you sa- we'll let you save some face, even though you really haven't earned that right. But we'll let you, you know.
0: coach one more game. You know, <laughs> yeah. while while all this information is out there, we'll let you coach one more game. Hang on, yes. we're still we're,
1: reading it. Yeah, okay. Right. Now you have to resign. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll let you go lie one more time to the press. <laughs> uh.
2: Oh man, such a the whole thing is so gross. Anyway, um, Andrew Burnett is available. That's the the long and short of it. And technically, um, yes, I believe Black- they
1: still say he's still under contract, kind of like a Derek King thing. But why would you stick around if you're offered a head coaching gig?
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Blackhawks legend, of course, Andrew Burnett. Everyone <laughs> will remember him as a Blackhawk
0: for yes. his retired as a Blackhawk. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I don't know. I, I was just sort of impressed by how he kept the Panthers afloat during uh, all that stuff that went on with Joel Quenville to replace that guy on the fly. Look, it was hard enough to do it. You know, Jeremy Calhoun had to do it too. But it's just, it's a very difficult situation to do. And that's a team that was looking to contend, um, and they did. They did contend, but they were out in the first round. I, I, to me, I'm, if I'm if I'm Kyle Davidson, I'm making a phone call. I'm definitely making oh, a call dude. and talking
1: to Andrew Burnett. Yeah, it was the uh, second round they got bumped by. Oh, the, my bad. Uh, Correct. Yeah, yeah the, second round
0: battle of Florida. That's, that's, so so Burnett, like Burnett was year. able
1: to do Burnett was able to do something Joe Quinville didn't do, and that was actually get the Panthers <laughs> out of the first round. So <laughs> that's true. In your face, mustache man. Um, <laughs> 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 yeah, kind of weird. Uh, you know, he was a Jack Adams Award finalist. Uh, so. He was considered one of the best three coaches in the league this year, and then he said it is, and and, and and it really doesn't mean a whole lot because guys who win Jack Adam awards are always available. So, you know, um, they they win the first round. Um, who the heck did they beat in the first round? I can't even remember. I swear to God. Florida beat. Is one of the um, wild card teams, Washington? 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 Right? Yes. yes. That okay. Seven
2: years ago, <laughs> it yeah, does feel so like that.
1: <laughs> it's it's I don't so remember long. a damn thing about
2: that series either. Throwback Thursday. We're talking about this year's playoffs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Um, after spending the entire day at U.S. Uh, see, I almost said the wrong at, at Guaranteed Rates uh, Stadium with. With with the C H E O crew and our fans, I, my brain is is was burnt in the sun along with half of my body, so I'm not feeling it today. Um, but. They get swept by the lightning in the second round. That's not Andrew Burnett's fault. I mean, yeah, there were some questionable coaching decisions there. He scratched Anthony Duclair with the season on the line. That's a Joel Quinville move if i ever seen one. <laughs> yes, um,
0: Quinville might have done the same thing, yeah.
1: But I don't see how that's his fault. Okay, it's one thing if, like, you're going to say, okay, Andrew, you don't have the experience. We're going to bring in, you know, a Hall of Fame coach. And here comes Paul Maurice again. Like, yeah, he's a really good coach. He's got a Stanley Cup under his belt from – 65 years ago it seems but again retreads 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 i'm so tired of it like when do these young guys these first year guys get chances and then andrew burnett's a guy that does gets his first chance i mean granted he he wasn't necessarily a a new hire he was there and was like just take this gig and let's see what we do yeah he does a really good job and now he's gone, so you can bring in Paul Maurice, so he can get his f- fourth or fifth t- fired for the fourth or fifth time in his career. I mean, he wasn't fired in Winnipeg; he stepped down. But
0: I'm really glad that Paul Maurice took a a, a lot of time away from hockey to, you know, right, get, yeah, get, get back, you know, get back with uh, with his health yeah, and he, with his family. It's just he
1: spent three months with his family and said, "I got to get the hell out of here and start <laughs> coaching again."
0: Him and Urban Meyer, just like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You no know, health issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, yep, sure. But, sure, sure. Uh, somebody asked me on twitter yesterday and i don't have an answer for this because it probably takes some research but i mean the nhl has to be the toughest league for first year coaches to get a job right it just seems that way yeah it just seems that like yeah. it's so hard for these guys to get their first job and then once you have but once you get a job and you have any kind of success you have a job for life some team will hire you Pete DeBoer gets to – yeah, he's gotten the three Stanley Cup finals, but he hasn't won anything. He always manages to get fired. Gerard Gallant got to one Stanley Cup final, and he's around forever. Um, You know, Paul Maurice, John Tortorella won a Stanley Cup, what, 20 – almost 20 years ago? And he's been riding that to the bank since – it's got to be tough. At least the NFL seems to do a lot of, hey, here's the hot coordinator. Every offseason, we get right. four or five first-year coaches. Major League Baseball seems to do a pretty good job of getting guys who have just recently retired and letting them become managers right away. You look at Alex Corey. You look at David Ross here in Chicago. You know The NBA, I, I don't follow them as much, but they seem to do a, a, a better job than the NHL. It's just, it just seems it's like NBA screen. assistants
0: really – uh, get into the head, get into head coaching jobs a lot easier than than yeah. NHL yeah, it, assistants it is, ever do.
2: It is very strange, and I, I it does seem like a, a specific hockey thing. And Design Love here in the chat says, doesn't it feel like m- most sports retread uh, a little bit, but not like hockey? Hockey's like you can almost say like these are the guys available; these are the guys that will be hired. It, everyone is so afraid to take a chance, it's, which is why when like when the Cowan hire was made, I was like, okay. It's something, it's like, it's not some retried guy. And yeah, it didn't work out. Something different. But yeah. that should not deter teams from doing that and taking a chance on somebody from Europe or a former player. We've been kind of jokingly off the air making this com- comment. Like, remember, at the end of the year, they said they're going to find a position for Marion Hosa, right? And they announced her front office team yesterday. We're going to get to that later in the show. But it's like, why not? Why not ask Marion Hosa to be a head coach? Every player I've ever talked to. On uh, in my you know Bud Light uh, events with them, and I'd say, hey, like, what is it like to play for Q? They almost all say, well, you know, we mostly deal with the assistants. The assistants are the ones that are giving us like most of the hands-on time. They're the ones like really communicating with us on the bench, where the head coach is an overseer and like the ultimate decision maker and all those sort of things. Mm-hmm. You know, we, like the assistants are the ones who do a lot of the like hands-on with the players. Marion Hosa, I think, knows enough about the game where he should get a chance from somebody to jump in and try to coach. I just don't think it... Like, it's not reinventing the wheel here. It's just not. And I'm not advocating that the Hawks hire Marion Hosa, but I just think the idea of something like that shouldn't just be dismissed because, oh, there's John Tortorella available and Rick Tockett. We went over Rick Tockett's numbers uh, last week. He's got a worse coaching record than Jeremy Colleton. His win percentage is like... 0.423 or something terrible rick talking is not a good coach and yeah he did not coach really strong teams either but like why is he this hot commodity it's like there's a brand of coach you have to be this like gruff former player that was good but not too good like it's just this really weird dynamic of it's like people in hockey are fearful to do something that's against the grain and mm-hmm. it's, and I think it holds the sport back a little bit. And look, the playoffs yeah. have been great. The cup finals have been good. Like that sport isn't broken by any means, but I just don't think that thinking outside the box every now and again is not the worst idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, you need to start looking at guys that have had success at other levels. Look at John Cooper in the Tampa Bay Lightning. He won at the ECHL championship. He won a North American league. He won an NHL uh, championship. Then an ECHL, then in the AHL. And now, you know, he's, he's in trouble now, but hell he's had a lot of success um you know that's why like a a guy like ryan worsofsky with the wolves needs to be a guy that needs to start getting some pub he's won an echl title and on his way to winning an ahl title these guys coaching in those those minor leagues is huge i i I think they need the more ahl coaches need to get promoted to be nhl coaches it's It just needs to be done. I mean, there's, I'm tired of the same old guys who go there. They get their team to have some immediate success. And then in two years, you're looking for the next retread because these guys were out there welcome. Maybe it's an ego thing. Maybe they're just too hard on today's players. You know, I am a big advocate for getting guys who are closer to the age of today's players. It's a different game than some of these guys. Daryl Sutter, yeah, he had some success in, in Calgary, but... He hasn't played the game in in over 30 years. He can't relate to these 20-year-old kids that want to, you know, make TikTok videos on on the flights and stuff like that. You know, you need guys who who are closer to the player's age, who who are closer removed from playing this style of hockey. Um, You know, how can a guy that played in the 70s and 80s relate to the the, the speed and the skill that's being played in today's game? I just don't – I don't get it.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go ahead, Yeah, I I think – I, I, I think uh, uh you know a coach that is that is like like a uh, like Daryl Sutter uh, John Tortorella even you know yeah. these these guys that had been around for a very long time have been away you know away from playing the game for a long time, un- uh, unless they are seeing the game as it is evolving and changing with it yeah you have a, a bit of a a disconnect. Potential when you make them head coaches. I, I mean, I, I look at the Flyers getting John Tortorella and I, I, you know, watching Tortorella speak his mind in the past uh, in his different head coaching stops and then watching him do it on TV. I don't really know that he's really changed much and, and I don't really know that he is evolving with the game. I think he's just going to coach the way that he thinks the game should be coached. And I think the majority of the league doesn't play the way that way anymore. And I, I don't know. I just don't see how that situation is going to turn out any better than the Flyers already have it. And yeah, I, I think you have, if uh, bringing it back to Andrew Brunette, you know, he's just about 10 years removed from, from playing, but he's been an assistant pretty much the entire time he's been retired. So he's been around the game as, mm-hmm. as a, as a coach and he's had that experience. He's been with, you know, some successful teams and I mean, yeah, you could say, "Quote unquote," anybody could have coached th- that Panthers team with how talented it was, sure. But there, you know, you, you still had to go through a team that a team that talented going through a coaching change, losing a coach like Joel Quenville who had that has that stature. Um, there's going to be some 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 troubles to to have to to overcome, and I think you know Brunette did a good job. I, I think Kyle Davidson reaching out to Brunette um, should be done. I think it it would be a disservice not to at least gauge the uh, the interest that he that he could have and just see what what he could do. And to the point of Hosa Yeah. At this point, I'm looking at who we've who we've been told is on the Blackhawks radar, who could potentially be on their radar, who's potentially still available. And, you know, like you said, like we're kind of jokingly like, oh, why not marry Hosa Screw it. Why not? Is would would giving Hosa an opportunity to actually coach, and he's not far removed from the game. He's, he he was a very talented uh, player, a very talented mind for the game. Would that be any worse than having a an assistant be brought up, or doing a retread, or giving a, a guy a second or a third opportunity? I don't yeah. think it's any worse.
2: We talk about presence. There is a presence. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The host can room. command a room. Yes. exactly. absolutely.
1: Well, here would be the funny, ironic thing. Um, if Andrew Burnett turns out to be the Hawks guy, maybe you know he blows them away and that's who they want and they hire him. And it would be like a little thumb to the nose to everybody who was like, hey, what are you taking so long for? Why didn't you hire a coach the day after the season mm-hmm. ended? Well, maybe if you did, Andrew Burnett, you're not available. You're not looking you for him missed out so, on somebody, Yeah. You know, when you're not looking for one of those big name guys and the Hawks aren't, they're not trying to get Bruce Cassidy or Barry Trotz. rightfully. So you could take your time and maybe a guy that you didn't expect to be in there could fall in your laps. I would have no problem with Andrew Burnett coming in. I don't know if that's the type of move they're going to make, but I can't guess what Kyle Davidson does at this point. And that's a good thing. I think.
0: And that's the other thing is it doesn't really seem like the the names that have been actually rumored to be tied to the Blackhawks. They don't seem like the, 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 the guys that have already been a head coach, you know, this season or, 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 or too recently other than Todd Reardon. Um, But even then it's like, that was a short stint that he had. And it just seems like they're kind of going in not, not, not in the carousel direction, which is good. It's refreshing, Uh it's you know, you're avoiding those those you know rehires. But um yeah, I don't know. It's it's still it's still hard to get a a gauge on on things and we only really know of one coach that has actually had an interview. So it's we're getting down to the to the wire. We're you know, a week and a half away from July first and that was a a date two two and a half weeks away from the start of the draft. And yeah, I mean they, they gotta they gotta get their coach eventually.
1: Yeah. I think once the final ends we'll get we'll get some more traction, we'll get some movement pretty quickly. They may have a guy uh, in mind that's still in the AHL or NHL final right now that they need to they, they need to wait to talk to us. So I think once the, the, those two series wrap up, which should be happening in the next few days here, we, we may get some some quick movement in the, on that front. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you mentioned Wolves coach Wayne War- Warsovsky. It's me at the Wolves' names. Um, he he might be a candidate for an NHL team. I know, Greg, you said you reported the other day that he has at least one interview lined up with an NHL team. Um, got the Wolves out to a 2-1 series lead in the Calder Cup Finals last night with a 4 nothing win over Springfield. So the Wolves
1: just keep doing what they're doing, man. <laughs> Richard Panic, third straight game in the Calder Cup Final with a goal, second straight with the opening goal. The dude has been... Uh... He's been money in this series for them. And uh, Piator Kochekov, the feisty, popular goaltender, with the shutout last night. And since Springfield scored that overtime goal to steal game one, uh, the Wolves have outscored them 10 to 2. So, you know, it's a team that just like, you know what, we're better than you. And we're just going to do what we do. And you and can't stop us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little little MJF for you on a Thursday. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're impressive. They got, you know, that series might come back to Chicago for game six and seven, maybe. Uh, I think Springfield will win at least one of those home games. I and mean, that was Springfield's first home ice loss in the postseason last night. So, we'll see. Friday and Saturday are games four and five. But, you know. By the time we get back together uh, for Monday, there could be a Calder cup champion and a Stanley cup champion
2: crown. Yeah. Boy, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I I'm really curious to see if indeed the Hawks are waiting to talk to somebody when this, when this ends,
0: who that it would has be. to be right. I think, I, I think they might be, I, I can't remember if, uh where I, where I read it, but Derek Lalonde with um the assistant coach at Tampa Bay was someone that I think the, was either tied to it or, or is just someone that should be on the radar. I, I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an if there's an assistant with either of those teams that they are uh, they're they're maybe waiting to talk to, or it might be Ryan Worshofsky.
2: Jay Serio brings up a good point. as we're talking about HOSA here? Hurricanes did it with Brindamore. The Canadians did it with Martin Saint Louis. Um, it's been done before. That yeah. Montreal was very happy with Saint Louis. Uh, Brendamore's success. Uh, everyone knows how good he's been since he took over. Is head coach there? Um, I now we gotta let's be clear. There's no indication that Marion host even wants to coach or is being yeah. considered. No, this is just or, a
0: spitball. It, it's yeah. a spitball because the Hawks
2: I said think, we're going to find a role for him somewhere. Yeah. And it, I, I think also
1: yeah. likes living in Slovakia and having the sunshine wherever he walks. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. He may be like, yeah, no, I'm cool. I'll come back and wave to the crowd every, every six months, but yeah, the cool. hell I'm not dealing with this crap.
0: <laughs> it is interesting that, you know, they, they made the, uh, I know we're going to talk about it in a second, but they made all the, the front office kind of, shuffling uh yesterday and and he was he wasn't a part of it but that's still as far as we understand something that will happen is he'll have some sort of role uh with the uh with the Blackhawks in a in, in the front office in some capacity so we'll see what that what that turns out to
2: be yeah who knows I mean look if I'm Hosa and they're asking me to coach like do I want to ruin my legacy and go coach a rebuild for a team like I'm beloved in Chicago why why tarnish that at all like I think of Dirk <laughs> but does it you yeah, know, it's like Dirk Graham was a Hawks legend and then didn't do well as a head coach. Not his fault. The roster wasn't good. And now he's like, you don't even hear about him anymore.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, with, you know, Savard, does it did it really tarnish him too much? I mean,
2: yeah, good point. I he's so he's untarnishable. That guy is just like such a
1: delight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that, him.
1: that and the fact that like once he left, they started winning Stanley Cups. Yeah. So that, that mm-hmm. kind of helped. A little so it bit. wasn't he, like, oh,
0: wait, wasted time. He's, he's was kind of
1: like say. credited for being the guy that helped Taves and Kane and Keith and Seabrook transition and become NHL players. And then once they got good,
0: young, young in their career. The next guy yeah. took,
1: so I think that didn't that's why people don't look back at that and say, ugh.
2: That's right, yeah. I, I kind of like that topic as like an August topic for us. You know, like <laughs> what, what was Dennis Savard's real impact as a coach? And I think he would be the Hawks would be happy to be put him on with us and him talk about his time because, Great. yeah, I mean, look, remember Patrick Kane was in tears when that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and it's not like Savard was doing a terrible job, they got off to a slow start that year, but like
0: almost oh, made the playoffs, yeah, they've been
2: doing okay under him. So, yeah. look, but it's time, like, you realize, okay, it's time to win.
1: Let's bring in the guy that and we then, hired. And a guy like Joel <laughs> Quinville becomes available, you've got falls into your lap and you say, We gotta we gotta do it right now. Just like uh
2: Seattle did with um oh my god, uh Bilesma. They just hired Bilesma as like a
1: minor league. Coach, oh, yeah, right? their AHL yeah. coach. The, <laughs> that's the hey Dave, pressure's on, pal. <laughs> we've hired your replacement before we've gotten your ass to the curb. Yep. The Coachella Valley Firebirds. Yeah, there you go. Sounds like sounds like a music fest. Yeah, it sounds fun. <laughs>
2: You know what else is fun betting on sports and the best way to do that. And the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use the code CHGO. When you sign up, you're going to do that and you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but you're also going to get, if you make a $50 or more first time deposit a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our great web content. And you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. I got the bulls one on today. I love this one. I love all of them, but this one especially. Yeah, NBA draft tonight. Huge show for the CHGO Bulls, so make sure you're tuned into that during the draft. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, jump on it. It's more live betting, more live markets. Faster live cash outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download that PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. What are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services
0: and chgo blackhawks and chgo sports are partnered with athletic greens they are proud of their ag1 product uh, we've been using it across the show i know Jay, your wife has been uh, been using yeah. it and, and uh, having some good results with that uh, i've been using it uh, I, I have a problem with consistency um but uh when i do use it i feel great i just got to make sure to make it uh, a part of my daily routine that's on me. That's not on uh, Athletic Greens at all because their product is great. Get it together. It, I know. I gotta. I I feel great when I use it, but then I'm just like, I, I just sometimes, you know, with with. Yeah. i hate to blame my daughter quote unquote but, <laughs> but sometimes with an eight month old you know you get off your morning routine sure, sure, from, sure. from time to time but um,
1: sometimes you spend an entire day eating encased meats at a baseball park
0: yeah sometimes <laughs> you do that as well that happens too uh but the uh the ag1 formula it's designed to improve your gut health optimize your immune system and give you more natural energy In just one scoop of that you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Uh, And if you have different dietary restrictions, whatever they are, dairy-free, gluten-free, or if you follow a keto diet, whatever it is, with AG1, you're good to go. It's easy to incorporate into your life no matter how busy you might be. That is uh, a line just for me. (laughs) Uh, A -a once-a-day habit with big benefits. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens and CHGO are combining to give you a great offer. They're gonna give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Blackhawks. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
2: All right. Uh, whilst uh, devouring encased uh, meats yesterday at the White Sox game. And that was a great time. Thanks to everybody <laughs> that came out and joined us. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And all of the people at Weber and oh man, what a great time. Anyway, uh, while that game was happening and the Sox were getting their asses handed to them, here's your asses, (laughs) courtesy of the Toronto Blue Jays. Hey, they made it interesting (laughs) towards the end there.
0: They made it interesting.
2: I left after the Grand Slam because I had softball (laughs) to college. You had a
0: good good reason. Yes.
2: uh, We get the email. Blackhawks finalized hockey operations leadership team with Mark Eaton and Megan Hunter as assistant general managers. Uh, So it says, in an update that completes the Chicago Blackhawks hockey operations leadership team, Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson today announced that Mark Eaton will remain assistant general manager. Development and Megan Hunter has been promoted to assistant general manager of hockey operations. Additionally, it was announced that Brian Campbell will remain in hockey operations as advisor of hockey operations, while Carolyn Pilch has been promoted to director of player personnel. So lots of big changes. Obviously, we know about Norm McIver and Jeff Greenberg that happened already. So this officially completes the black Hawks front office team. So I don't know, not a ton to react to there, but it's just, it is done. This is the, the team going forward. Uh, obviously cool. Very cool that there is a, a pair of uh, females involved. Uh, never mm-hmm. a bad idea to involve more people, get more insights and backgrounds and those sort of things uh, on your team. But it looks like, uh, this is the crew from now. And I really like, you know, the Brian Campbell thing, he's like ever present and his role is incredibly vague. I would love to just talk to him and be like, what do you do? And maybe he (laughs) just like does whatever needs to be done. Wizard. He's the man behind the curtain. Go watch (laughs) this player. Go, you know, go to Rockford and talk to Nicholas Bodin or whatever. Like, I think that might be what Brian Campbell does because he's spotted everywhere the Hawks are.
0: You know, I think Brian Campbell is secretly the GM.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he bought the Blackhawks. He bought, he bought them. Behind the, and he's, yeah, he's no, that's casting. a guy that I'd love to get in studio and just sit down and talk hockey with. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then we could sure. say, first of all, Brian, welcome to the show. What is it that you do here? <laughs> what did you, you say? say
0: you do yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you they, they can't officially name him like Kyle Davidson's buddy. But you know, an, an advisor, advisory role, you know, he worked with uh, you know, development um, in the, in the last few seasons, he was really instrumental in in you know, Adam Boquist's development early on in his career when he was uh still in junior, um, and and early on when he was with the Blackhawks as well. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, there's a development role for him, I think there's you know, maybe some some consulting on just maybe a little bit more of the, the higher up front office ins and outs, um, that, that maybe he's helping, uh, Kyle Davidson with a little bit. And, you know, I, I just think having, having a guy who, you know, has a, a pretty good history with the team and, you know, a, had a long successful career and, um, just, you know, is it, a guy that has a lot of, a, a lot of knowledge to bounce ideas off of. It's not a bad person to, uh, to, to have around, uh, the front office in some sort of role. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, Carolyn, Carolyn Pilch, Megan Hunter, they've, they've, uh, you know, ascended, especially Megan Hunter. She's been around a long time yeah. and has worn a lot of hats with the, uh, with the organization. And, um, you know, she was a fantastic player uh, in, at, at Wisconsin uh, in her college, uh, college career and playing days. So, you know, having her around and, and and seeing her climb the ladder is, is, is awesome. And yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's good now to go into the draft, go into free agency um, and, and, Eventually, have a head coach and have the front office like this is who this is who it's going to be. This is who we are moving forward. Uh,
2: forgive my uh, old man brain. This information has deleted itself from my head. Is she <laughs> of the Dale Hunter hunters?
0: Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, I believe she is, uh, his niece. Okay, let me uh let me look that up here. So,
1: so she'll punch you in the mouth if she has to.
0: Too. <laughs> <laughs> she might. That's Brian Campbell's department if that ever comes up.
1: I think, uh, (laughs) uh, just like I don't have like a ton of opinions on the type of job this group is going to do because they're pretty not a lot of overall experience there, you know. And let's be honest, none of us know what these people do on a day to day basis, we're not there, you know. It's but here's my my opinion on all that. I, I think it's really great that the Blackhawks as a whole. Have kind of gotten really progressive. You've got Jamie Faulkner in, in a position of power. Danny Wirtz is younger, fresher, got new ideas. Kyle Davidson, the youngest GM in the league, and he's putting together this team of all you got Norma Kyver is kind of like the dad of this group. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you bring in Jeff Greenberg from the Cubs because he's a he's a numbers guys. And then you're promoting two more two more women to positions uh, you know where they where they can have a lot of say in what goes on here. And I think it's very awesome that they're doing this. Now, it it could turn out that none of these people are good at their jobs, but, you know, aesthetically, it looks really great. And Kyle Davidson is a guy that has pretty much announced to the world that, hey, this is a really hard job. I'm not even going to try and do it on my own. I'm going to assemble a team of people who are very smart. They each bring their own thing, their own line of thinking, and I'm going to listen to all of them and then form my own opinions based on what my team tells me what to do, and I will make my decisions on that. And that is so refreshing what after what we've had to deal with, with he who shall not be named who was like yeah i got all these scouts but f them, i'm not going to listen to him i want to well, i want to pick the kid from notre dame again this
2: it, year it even goes beyond that though with that era because you had al mcaissack was sort of like mcdonough's right hand man and like from what i understand and this is you know things i've been told i can't verify these so don't sue me but like he was sort of like the right hand man in mcdonough and like he would kind of report back and then he would kind of infiltrate, and like it was all. It was like he was the stooge. Everything was pulling from different sides. Like you had the scouts who wanted this thing. You had McIsaac and McDonough who wanted this. You had Bowman who wanted this, and it just all like clashed, and none of it worked. You're up up to a dollar. You to two dollars. Damn it! And why? You, when you look at <laughs> when you it's easier. I don't have any change. When you look at the dynamic of that, it make that's why this Hawks thing is such a freaking train wreck because you don't yeah. have a unified vision for what it should be. You've got throwing Bowman a, a you know throw him a bone, then throw McIsaac and McDonough a bone, and then throw it's the coach 50. a bone, and it just it just doesn't work. You need a clear path that everyone agrees upon, and hopefully, like you said, Greg, it looks right. You know, like when you yeah. put it on paper, like okay, you got the, the numbers guy, the hawk, the former player, the the young GM, the all these great things. It should it feels like it should work. Now the hard part is making it work. But like, as long as they're all on the same team, that's going to be where the success comes. It's when you've got 15 different things pulling in 15 different directions that you have what the Blackhawks are now, which is a rudderless ship.
0: I think that's one of the biggest reasons why what Jeff Greenberg is going to be doing and, and working on with, you know, especially internally with the communication system that they want to set up, the data and communication system they want to set up within the organization I think that's one of the biggest things that he's going to be um, tasked with doing is making sure, Hey, everyone together, here's all of our information. Here's, here's, you know, what everyone needs to know and it's all centralized. And I I think there doesn't, I think that they're trying to avoid probably Davidson from experience wants to (laughs) wants to avoid that miscommunication. Different people have different agendas being on, you know, being on different pages kind of thing. So Hopefully, like you said, hopefully all of that is put in place in the right way and it can be a united front office that can put together a quality team. If, if, if you don't have these conflicting viewpoints, then you don't have someone going over somebody else's head. You don't have a GM going over the, the scouting department and saying, I want to select this guy when this when this guy was the the scouts consensus pick or whatever it is. Yeah. And then you run into these 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 problems.
1: And the, It just seems that like the, the, the Blackhawks have hired Kyle Davidson, and now they're going to let him do his job. Here you go. Do yeah. your thing. Great, and that's yeah. what you do. That's what you do. You put the person you think is capable of the job, and then you get the hell out of his way and let him do his damn job. And mm-hmm. it, that's what it looks like, and I, it's refreshing. Let's see if it works out. The only other interesting thing I, I took away from that press release is it said that Mark Eaton – will be overseeing the Rockford Icehogs. So Mark Bernard has been the general manager there. Now, they didn't say he's the general manager of the Icehogs. They just said they was going to oversee the Icehogs. So it makes me wonder what what's up with Mark Bernard, who has been there for a long time, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. In fact, I actually, I actually just saw him at Game 2 of the Calder Cup Final uh, checking out the action, wearing his n- nice uh, Blackhawks fleece. So, um, you know... It was interesting to see what happens there now that the Haw- you know the Hawks officially own the Ice Hogs. Maybe they're like, and that and listen, the Ice Hogs going to be so freaking important over these next four or five years. So yeah, maybe mm-hmm. they're like, you know what, mm-hmm. Mark Bernard was a independent Ice Hogs guy. It's time to put someone who actually works for the organization in charge there because Kyle Davidson, you know, I, it, for for years it seemed the Ice Hogs were an afterthought to he who shall not be named. It was more of like, well, I guess we have to use this team because. It's league rules where Davidson is going to be like, no, for the next three, four seasons, the Icehawks are going to be more important than the Blackhawks. And that's what you need to have.
0: So I'm, I'm looking at the updated front office page here for the Blackhawks. And Mark Eaton is listed as the assistant general manager uh, of development. And he is in a category by himself, whereas Mark Bernard is listed as the president of hockey operations and general manager of the Rockford Icehawks in the team affiliates page. So it looks like Eaton kind of became his own, uh the assistant general manager in his, in, in its own uh, category of development, which I would imagine is tied to scouting. And so yeah, maybe, the, the maybe
1: Bernard is still a general manager, but he reports to Eaton when it comes to dealing with the Blackhawks.
2: That makes Could sense. Be. Yeah, it could be. Nah, I just sent a text. Maybe we'll get an answer by the end of the show. We'll see what happens. Live right. podcasting, everybody. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Good catch on that, Greg. I, d- I had not noticed that because I'm Love old it. and dumb. Um, So talks are going to suck for a while. We have established that. You know well, <laughs> sucked for a long time? The Colorado Avalanche. But what just they stated. did was had they stuck with years. a plan and saw it through and developed and built through the draft. And lo and behold, they're a win away from capturing a Stanley Cup did you e- either of you two think that goal was in I thought he saved it I thought Vasilevsky... I, I thought it was
0: I thought Vasileski had it like under his legs
2: and I couldn't my brain could not compute how he would have made that save because of the angle Kadri took and he shot it I'm like I, it either went wide. Or it's gonna go in, and I'm
1: like, wait, how did he save that? Well, he didn't.
2: <laughs> I didn't. Hear,
1: I didn't hear anything because I mean, I got home uh, just in time for the for the overtime, so I got to see all the overtime live. I thought maybe he shot it wide and it went into the, the netting over the glass because it made zero sound. Yeah, there was no mm-hmm. sound and at all. And all of a sudden they're celebrating. Like, Kadri didn't even celebrate it. it was no. Every, like, everybody <laughs> skated the by only... him and the is like, oh, I guess I scored. The
0: only person who who started celebrating was Bowen Byram. He came all the way from, like, behind the blue line. It was, it was pointing at the puck stuck in the net. And I was like, wait a minute. No. Like, I thought maybe it, like, hit the post and went down. And, like, Vasilevsky, like, just kind of, like, luckily like may have like skated over it but yeah it was it was top shelf yeah. so if, it was, if you,
1: it was shades of patrick kane in philadelphia where you were the, like what yeah. the f is going yeah. on here so
2: if you missed it uh game four in tampa uh overtime cadry draw cuts wide and then pulls it a front hand shoots it uh far side it gets stuck between the I don't even call it the back crossbar.
0: It's like the back post, like the the rounded post where the
2: Gatorade bottle would rest Mm -hmm. and the net. And it was lodged there. And like you said, Bowen Byram is the only person who saw it where he, he chased down. the ass like, it's right there. And the referee's like, Oh yeah, there it is. And Kadri (laughs) met with uh, Emily Kaplan after the game. And he was like, I had no idea what happened. I thought he saved it. (laughs) And I, you know, I thought the play was dead. And then all of a sudden people are celebrating with me. So, yeah. Uh, it, it's been a great series and John Cooper weird after the game last night, He's um, very weird. just like talk to me later. I'll, I'll be available tomorrow. I get your upset. It was, it's a tough way to lose, but, uh,
0: well, it's the, you know, everything is, everything is able to be slowed down with, with replay and everything now. So yeah, the, the, the controversy is that Kadri jumped on the ice real fat, real quick before Nathan McKinnon. Uh, got off the ice, so it should have been, quote-unquote, too many men on the ice. Um, But in the same play, the Lightning also had two players hop on before uh, yeah. Before those players getting off, were there were thirteen the bench.
1: guys on the ice yeah. at one point. So, and, so and you know what? How many that happens in a, in a hockey game? A dozen times a game. Also had none of those extra, none of those extra guys affected the play in mm-hmm. one way, shape, or form. There was two guys that had a foot on the ice getting on the bench as the other guys jumped on. It didn't matter. I, like you could, I know rules are rules, but I mean that if you call that every time it happened in a game. It would be not it would There'd be a whistle every three minutes.
0: I can't remember who I saw online make this comparison, but they said it's like holding in the NFL. Like you could literally call it every single play. And if you if you did, you'd have to completely change the rule. And it's one of those rules where, you know, unless you're going to make it where you cannot step onto the ice until the player getting off is on the bench. You're gonna have you're gonna have these judgment calls and you're gonna have these these things happen and you,
1: and you, you're gonna need a you're gonna need a fifth official just to sit at the benches to make sure everything goes like, right yeah it, it, this happens so many times so many goals are scored with an extra guy having a foot on the ice just a, but I, I get it it's an overtime goal in a very important Stanley Cup final game so it gets put under the mic uh the microscope yes NHL officiating has had an absolutely awful postseason yeah. it has Bro, been an shit. abomination this is not one of those plays where i'm screaming my head off this is not something none of those extra guys on yeah, as you mentioned tampa had two extra guys on the ice at one point before that goal was played so uh it, none of that affected the outcome of that play it yep. wasn't like hadri was on the ice waiting for the puck as you know and and a, the sixth guy passed him the puck right it happens and it happens a lot and you know it was a great play by Kadri. I'm happy for him. First game back after a broken thumb because Evander Kane is a turd and he, he gets the game-winning goal and good for him. Good for him. Well, That's another guy. We, we've talked about Valerie. Uh, Nish- Kuchkin is going to get a ton of money this postseason. Mm-hmm. Kadri is a free agent too and he's going to cash in somewhere um, uh, and get some some good money. He's Yes, he's a guy that toes the line of clean yep. and dirty but he's a hell of a hockey player and i'm happy for him he's that guy's been through so much crap um in his entire career and he's
0: been the scapegoat for some playoff yeah. exits before so
1: right and it's funny he's no longer on toronto and yet they still can't win in the first round so <laughs> hmm, maybe Here. it's got nothing to do with Nazem Ooh, Kadri. now it's william nylander's yeah. fault Right. yeah of this, course this year last yeah. year it was mitch marner now it's william neilander for the second time in three years
0: next year uh, it'll be uh morgan riley and then they can it, try and the try year it after him that and, it will yeah. be
1: it will be austin matthews receding hairline's fault and uh <laughs> you know <laughs> dude <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a rough one. That, that was uh <laughs> we
2: were watching the awards and my wife goes what's going on with this hairline i'm like Hey, he's I'm, refusing to give it up. He's much better luck. Austin than I Matthews am, so. <laughs> was a
1: mustache away from pulling off full <laughs> I drive a van with no windows vibe. Like it was it was creepy. Yeah. Yeah. We I he did win uh the Hart and the um Ted Lindsay. So it's hard as we said the other day, hard to argue with that, but I think doing what he did in Toronto uh got him a few extra votes.
0: Yeah. How about the did you guys see the voting breakdown for the Norris? No, but I saw Roman Yossi looking pissed the entire night. So Yossi had more good. <laughs> had more first place votes. Uh I think it was like ninety-eight to ninety-two over Makar, but Makar had more like like second and third, and Yossi was like, you know, spread out between second, third, fourth place. The the like total point difference was like twenty eight points. It was like sixteen thirty to like sixteen oh two. It was crazy. Wow. It was very close.
2: I could see Yossi was just like, "What do I have to do? What what do I have to do to win this?" Well, you're not Kale McCarr, therefore you're not the best. You're a very
1: very handsome gentleman who makes millions of dollars a year to play a sport. I don't feel bad for him. He'll be fine. He is
0: very. He's got a Norris. He's got a Norris, and you know, maybe he'll win another one. Who knows? He's got a lot of career left. But as long as Kale McCarr keeps putting together seasons like this, and could potentially even get better, that's going to be hard to do. Yeah, that's uh,
1: first of many Norrises and some hearts along or uh, uh, in the future. Of potentially. McCarthy. On potentially. Mailbag
2: Monday, we had someone say, should Patrick Kane reach out to drunken uh, Connor McDavid? Maybe he should reach out to Austin Matthews about hairline maintenance. Because for a while there, <laughs> it was looking like Kaner was going to be in, the, you know, yeah. he started to look like a Bill Murray and Kingpin a little bit for a yeah. while. Um, but he, whatever's happened, he has figured it out. Hey.
1: <laughs> Listen, Austin, my guy. There are billboards all up and down 294 that are waiting for you. You'll get paid and you'll get hair. Yeah, there you go. Him and Brian lacker
2: and then he'll turn into a yeah. drummer too.
1: I crazy. mean, his slap shot is so nasty that it scares the head away from the front of his. Forehead. That must that's, be what that's it how, is. That's how it yeah, is. it was.
2: I shouldn't talk, but I'm 44. I
0: mean, come on. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing too. Like seeing him look so old, I'm like, you're like 23, bud. Like, it's Toronto, what's man. It's Toronto. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. It's like.
1: it's like we always do the comparison like here's what the president looked like on inauguration day and here's what he looks like four years later here's what playing in toronto for five years ages you
0: yeah look at mcdavid mcdavid looks disheveled some days some days almost like oh man being in edmonton really ages you fast apparently
2: all right let's get to some happy and sad memories but first let's give our uh, points bet play of the week mario yes we're making you do it this week (laughs) because we suck (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: what was the, what was the play of the week last uh, uh last week so golf, something golf oh i had the guy the golf one that's correct you picked the
1: yeah. guy i never heard of that plays golf
0: xander xander Shoffley, uh did not win oh, um man. no no unfortunately. really rooting for what's his name again yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he he i think he was i think he finished top 20 so you know i wasn't too far off i was pulling for zoolander <laughs>
1: or yeah. whatever his name is.
0: That's pretty close. Um but with this one I'm going to stick in the uh the Stanley Cup final, I'm going to go with uh tomorrow night game 5 in Colorado uh at plus 1400 odds, I am going to ride the wave and say Nazem Kadri scores the opening goal okay. of the game.
2: Plus 1400
0: is nice odds. Plus That's 1400 good pretty good pretty good value there. Um yeah, I think you know, it's you talk about stories and you talk about, you know, players coming back and 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 having, a, you know, having a really big impact. Nazem Kadri has when he has been on the ice for Colorado, it has been so impactful. And and one of the more underrated players, especially when you got, you know, Rantanen and McKinnon and McCarr, like like the, those are the guys really driving you driving the bus. But Kadri, you know, when he's there, he's making an impact. So I think he's going to uh, I think I think. Plus fourteen hundred, he's get, he scored the the winner last night. He's gonna ride that momentum. He's gonna get the first goal of the game tomorrow night, game five. So lock that in at uh, on your points bet app. Plus fourteen hundred, uh, it's paying out pretty well.
1: That's going nice. with the going with the Hollywood script bet there. Uh, yeah, but, why not? I mean, Kadri is very valuable. Look what happened when he got suspended last year. They lost to Vegas. Like mm-hmm. they needed him in that series, but yep. uh, all is forgiven as of now. <laughs>
2: All right, make sure you download that PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you do. All right, should we start with the fun stuff or the or the not so fun stuff?
0: Let's just rip through the not so fun stuff real quick. <laughs> the band-aid off.
1: Not so fun stuff, so stuff. is still kinda eh, it's still kinda okay. I mean, yes, this was five years ago today, ahead of the 2017 <clears throat> uh draft which was held uh, at the united center um which he who shall see. not be named decided it's time to shake up the team after getting swept by the nashville predators uh and he pulled off two major trades uh the first one was uh nicholas jarmelson to the arizona coyotes for uh larry dolphin lauren Duf- 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 and connor murphy um Hindsight, at the time, very unpopular trade. Hindsight, Blackhawks have won that trade. Won the trade. There's no doubt yep. about that. Yeah, Jarmelson yeah. was a shell of himself. Was really good for a while, but kept getting injured. Has since retired. And Connor Murphy plays along that same type of style Jarmelson did.
0: He's Jarmelson light.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he's a little not as crazy as Jarmelson. Even,
0: even though he might be technically bigger than him, but yeah.
1: But since Murphy's been here, he's been the best defenseman the Blackhawks have had. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. overall, uh, Defe- and yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. he's had some trouble staying on the ice because of the style he plays. He gets injuries, but overall that's turned out to be a pretty good trade for the Blackhawks, even though we all love Nicholas Jarmelson and what he represented. And we hated the trade at the time, but looking back on it now, five years later, I'd make that trade again. Um, what about the other one? The other one, <laughs> um, we got Brendan Saab back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. when Artemi Panarin got traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets for uh Brendan Saad, round 2 and uh goaltender Anton Forsberg. What a I mean and Sod was was good. Yeah, it's fine. In round 2. He had like ra- yeah. he had like
0: uh two was two, Saad. Oh, I think Brendan yeah. Saad.
1: I think he had 45 goals over the two seasons he was back. Mm-hmm. He did what he did. I I I understood the move, uh, you know, you wanted to get tougher. You lost to the blues the years before you got pushed around by, by the predators. But let's face it. This move was known because I'm not going to be able to resign. Artemi Panarin. He's going to be a free agent. So get something while you can. You should have got more. Um, but you know, and, and he shall not be names. Uh, premonition became true because he played two season with Columbus and then said, see ya. I'm going for the big money. Um, so, what would have been worse outcome having Panarin for two more years and probably either don't make the playoffs or losing the first round and then lose him for nothing or get Brendan Saad who didn't help you get to the playoffs. And then you traded him for Nikita a door off. So you essentially gave him up for nothing. Um, it just, it just, uh, it just, Another example of he who shall not be named piss-poor salary cap management, management and what it costs you. It,
2: what you do is when you, what a competent GM does is when you find Artemi Panarin, you say, how do we have this guy be the face of our next generation? And you start making some very difficult and unpopular decisions ahead of time. To and, keep that's, him, right. and you don't give Brent Seabrook an absurd contract. And you, you know, wh- when was that deal signed? The Seabrook deal was signed in 17, wasn't it? 16 was it 16 wasn't it yeah, so you I have our artemi well. panarin there that's when you say we're gonna have to move brent seabrook or walk away from brent seabrook here because we need to keep our artemi yeah. panarin like yeah, that's what a competent decision, gm does
1: yes give up panarin because we have to pay brent seabrook that's just that's f- that's why that's they're bad. in the spot they're in right yeah. now and yet yep. He got a promotion to be team president. Just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, ridiculous.
0: The Seabrook contract was heading into the fifteen six. So it was it was, was it really? heading into the fifteen sixteen okay, season. Okay. It was an extension. Yeah,
1: so Panarin was here, but we had no idea how good he was.
0: Yeah, yeah. That
1: was so. That was the same summer. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, still, that was the like to me. That's the moment where he who shall not be named lost his damn mind. I was like, mm-hmm. he's a pretty average GM. You know, up until that yeah. point, I'm like. What is he doing?
1: This yeah, is a franchise do, ruiner. He made some decent moves during those cup years yeah. to get cheap veteran guys. Your Brad Richards, your your he, you know bringing back Christopher Stieg was yeah. he made some savvy moves to get those those depth guys those those role players that you need to win a Stanley Cup. But then that Seabrook deal was the beginning of the end where he, he just whatever he was that, able
0: he was able to extend that current window but he never he what he was doing wasn't opening the next window it was just it was just okay this this is open now can it can can we this is open now in 2010 2011 2012 can we keep it till a few more years but it wasn't that you weren't looking to okay here's the next wave of people that we need to open up that window it was just let's just keep this window open as long as we can and then it slams shut
2: all right tomorrow is the the nine year anniversary of 17 seconds that in Nashville game five are like the little phrases you could say to Hawks fans that make them smile. Right. And uh, I'm going to ask you fellas first, where you were for
1: 17 seconds. Uh, I was in the same exact bar, the Edison park Inn, that I was for 2010, same exact bar, same exact table. We might've even had the same waitress, but it was like, Nope, this worked in 2010. Got it. We can't screw it up. I was wearing my Christopher Stieg 32 jersey, just like I was in 2010. Like we are not. We're doing everything the exact same way we did in 2010. And you're welcome.
0: It worked. Thank you, Greg. It worked. Yes. <laughs> I was at uh, I was at the uh, now closed Pitchfork Saloon on Irving Park Road in, in Chicago. It was the first of two cups uh, that uh, me and and my wife and a group of friends uh, went and saw at that bar. So. We we did it the second time in 2015, but 2013 was the first time it, uh, uh, it it happened, and yeah, it was it was awesome. It was uh, you know the the first time I, I was uh, in a city, in the city for a, a, a cup final uh, appearance in a bar for for a cup final appearance. Um, so it was it, it it was awesome. I I remember you know thinking, okay, we're going to a game seven. Like it was it, I, I remember that that game being, a, 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 a again, another nail biter, yeah, tough back absolutely. and forth um, and, and and in a span of basically two minutes of real time going from, OK, game seven back in Chicago, planning my <laughs> future, planning my week around what's going to happen for that game to them being, oh, uh OK. I guess we'll uh, we'll go to overtime. We'll uh, we'll we'll figure it out uh, figure it out in the next uh, few minutes, and then obviously 17 seconds of game time goes by, and uh, the Blackhawks steal the cup. I think my wife might still have some hearing damage from me screaming <laughs> in her ear after that goal, because um, it was just like you know everyone's still high fiving, uh, you know everyone's still celebrating. I and thought it was you-
1: a replay of, of yeah. the pickle goal. Yeah, I was like, oh, they're showing the re- wait, wait, that's a li- holy shit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember just like, just like grabbing her, and hugging her, and being like, ah, and she like, pushed me away. She's like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Man, it was a it was a good time. Neil in the I, chat
2: says his first ever NHL game was a Hawks' home opener in 2013. One of the best times to get into the sport, you think? Absolutely, it was a good time. <laughs> that that good, season <laughs> was something
1: else. And I will we'll definitely do a deep dive with 2013. Maybe next off season. And that was the, the 10th that was
0: anniversary. The, that was the shortened season
1: too. Yeah, that was the season where the Hawks were just like we didn't. I don't remember even having high expectations for them coming into that season, and then they were just like juggernaut. Just just beating people over the head and, yeah. and, and enjoying it. And then, you know, again, we, we talked about the CBER goal. Like we'll get into a deep dive of this whole, like we did for 2010. We got a two part series of that. <laughs> we'll do that probably next off season yeah. when there's less, uh, uncertainty going on and for the Hopefully. 10th anniversary, but yeah, I hope so. that was a special series for me because that was the first time I had ever had NHL credentials was for the 2013 oh, nice. Stanley cup final. When I was working uh, for second city hockey and, uh, I was nervous about them losing game six. Cause I thought there was no way I was going to be able to be unbiased in a press box of game seven of the Stanley oh, yeah. cup final at the United States. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to get banned for life <laughs> because I'm going to be, you know, getting in the fights with the, with the Boston reporters. And like, uh, it was another, uh, another kind of melancholy moment was because, uh, my, my father had passed away the previous September Mm. And, like, in 2010, the first thing I I, I did after, like, we figured out they one was call him. Bef- Got to get him before he goes to bed because I'm sure he went to bed, <laughs> like, five minutes after that goal. And, like, instinctively, I reached for my phone to call home and was like, oh nope, he's not there, you know. Oh. So that was, you know, it was a special moment for that as well. It was sad, but, you know, no. th- those are... Those are, you know, your life moments that you remember the good and the bad. Definitely. So, you know, Absolutely. It, it, it was a, a, what a night. And, uh, I can't remember the <laughs> following morning, but what a night
0: <laughs>
2: we nah. were in Boston, uh, with the score for the cup final, um, Dan McNeil and Matt Spiegel were at the game and credentialed. I was in a radio studio, uh, in Boston with our sister station, W E E I. And I was in a room where I could see through the glass, the Boston radio show happening across from me. So oh. he's in his Bruin sweater. I'm... I don't remember what I was wearing. Something neutral, because I was just in a room by myself. Right. And we're watching TVs that are, like, back-to-back through the window. And he's, like, celebrating the whole game. And, like, we're not, like, really engaging each other, but, like, there's a sort of attention tension there a little bit. Yeah. And then the Hawks tie it. And then the 17 seconds later, Bowen scores. And he just puts his head down on the table and I'm like jumping around like crazy. But then I'm realizing, Oh crap. <laughs> I was planning an overtime and now my show's about to begin in five minutes or whatever it was. So, and the Hawks just won the cup. So I like call back to the station. Like, all right, let's check our connection one last time. Our connection got dropped, and I don't know if someone in Boston like ran down and dropped our connection after the Hawks took the lead. <laughs> it would not surprise me. Oh, so wow. literally, like the guy from
1: airplane with the power cord. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So the postgame Whoops. show begins with I have two phones. I have my cell phone, and I'm on the air on the score, and I'm interviewing. I think I was interviewing. Um, God, who was it? It might have been he who shall not be named. In one hand, okay. Like, yeah, you know, congratulations. Wow. You know, second Stanley Cup in three years. Great. And then he starts to answer and I take the phone away and I go to the engineer. Hey, I'm not connected. I got to get connected to the station. And I'm switching phones, like doing this interview and talking to the engineer. Oh, my god! So It was chaos. Absolute chaos. So finally, we figured it out and I was able to go and do like a proper radio show from a studio. But the first probably 15 minutes of that was me on two telephones between <laughs> Hawks guests on the ice and engineers in Boston trying to get back on the air it was crazy that's Um, insane but it is the perfect way to remember that game because it was just chaotic Mm. and I want to so you mentioned Greg getting in fight with with Boston radio guys or uh, broadcasters so the WEEI team like sent us a like very lewd cake it had like little (laughs) plastic phalluses and and little plastic Brad Marchant. Yeah. Like just all over the cake. And it was like, (laughs) you suck Chicago. And we're like, okay, this is like, we had not engaged this in any way, shape or form. It was kind of a weird thing. Um, And that was the same day that doc Emmerich came to visit us. So we had to cover the cake up. Um, And uh, (laughs) can not offend
1: doc. Doc Emmerich
2: had come to see us. Like maybe the Hawks were like on opening day or very close to it. So he was in town, came to visit us early in the season so we just say, "Hey Doc, you know, can we are right across from the garden. Can you stop by for a few minutes, you know, in the morning?" "Yeah, absolutely." Comes by with our Duncan order that he remembered from the early in the season visit. "I know wow. you guys like Duncan, so I brought you your favorite orders." We're like, "What is this guy?" <laughs> like, he's yeah. like, "Why do you Doc know is a this?" Saint. He he's is like, a "Well, saint. I have it, in, you know, I have it in my phone from last time I was here." I guess he was like, "I think he was there like with Duncan." It's like how, sometimes you get guests that way. Yeah. Like, oh, he's here on behalf of Dunkin' Donuts. Check out their new fall Presenting, flavors, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, so he like must have had our orders on his phone, and ha- that that much later, and had all of our orders precisely correct. That's awesome. And brought, brought Dunkin' for us. So Dunkin' well, Bostoners a Dunkin' every ten feet. Right. right. right yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, well, the, the along the lines of that story you just shared, you in the studio, you know, across the window from the Boston guys. If you go on YouTube. Uh, which you should be on YouTube watching this anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a great video. Uh, I think the Chicago Tribune actually put it out, and it's side by side comparisons of like the Pony in Chicago and the, a, a bar in Boston, and it cheers. shows like the whole games. Yeah, yeah. Sam Malone was crying in the back. It's it <laughs> awesome. Woody punched the guy. Um, so like, it's it's so great to watch. At the same exact time, the, the one fan time. base yeah. going crazy and the other fan base crying in their Sam Adams. It's it's good stuff.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. There's just so many great moments of the dynasty and, and hopefully and, we're uh, on way hey, to I am moment.
1: all for like, let's we're here at the ground floor we're hopping on the ride let's hope in five six years we're having some of those moments together on the air at chgo and celebrating with with thousands of 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 listeners and Mm -hmm. and fans it's going to be amazing i can't wait from your lips to
2: host's ears my friend that's all we can hope for all right thanks everybody for tuning in on this show we greatly appreciate it we'll be back tomorrow audio only so make sure you uh, you check that out. Easy way to know when the podcast is ready, subscribe where you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, whatever. Turn those notifications on. So as soon as it drops, you are notified and you know. Let's do the same thing on the YouTube page, of course. And make sure you become a member at allchgo.com. Get some of our great web content, the free t-shirt of your choice, all the wonderful things we offer at allchgo.com. Add free and check out some of those awesome new shirt designs. The Chicago skyline, the South Side bias, and the "Hey Chicago, what do you say?" Cub shirt. All three new designs look fantastic. Two of them are on the way to my house right now, so I cannot wait. Uh, all right, I think that's it. Right, covered everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, think I think we're, we're good. All right, I think thanks until to Sa- tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow's round of news. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> thanks to Sarah and Lawrence for producing the show today. We greatly appreciate their support as always, and thanks for joining us on the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast.